Every hour on the hour, when we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. Let's just start breaking this. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody. No bullshit. What's the date? April 30th, 2021. Big, big program today. So remember, share, share, share. I'm not going to move till you start sharing. It doesn't hurt you to share. Facebook won't even let me advertise. Yeah, they're a little uh, difficult these days. Because they can't take that, the truth. Yeah. We're nothing but the truth. Yeah, they're just full of bullshit. Yeah, and this is no bullshit. We're not the left. We're not the right. We're right with you. <laughs> Look, it's going to be huge. Look, last week, the conviction of Minneapolis officer Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd was called progress. But then we see a rash of new images of shooting a black man at the hands of law enforcement. And we hear the protests again. Fix the police. But what does remaking police in America even mean? And once we establish that, how do we accomplish it? This is big. With us is former Detroit Chief of Police Ralph Godby, who quite candidly says policing in America is a racist enterprise and it needs to be torn down to the ground. I don't think I've heard wow. any cop, much less the cop of one of the biggest jurisdictions in America say such a thing. So hang in. Let's all talk about that. We also got red. We got a new uh, little bit we're going to be injecting into this show. Uh, I think I'm going to call it um, <laughs> What's Your Beef? <laughs> okay. You know how many mayors, small town municipalities are calling me about their water, yep. about a new jail being built, about... This week, it's about East Point, little old East Point, neighbor of Detroit. Can't get no vaccines. Why can't the Democratic mayor of East Point, Michigan, get some vaccines from the governor or the county executive? Why, Ralph? That's the question. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I think it's Red's first sit-down interview, too. Yeah. We're, we're, tra we're training Red. You know, Red's going to be the, the reporter in this town. But as always, first, share, share, share. The No Bullshit News Hour is brought to you by American Coney Island. Esquire names it one of the 100 restaurants in America we cannot afford to lose. Do you hear that, Vice? <laughs> yes, we have Vice News in the house today with us. Filming about what's going on in America. How we the people getting policed. They're here. They believe. Is that right? What's up, LePay? Good to see you, brother. Listen, they're going to go down to American Coney Island and get the original Coney Dog. Proprietary dog. You can't buy that in the stores like you can buy the Lafayette dog in the store. Do you know that? Mm. It's a 104-year-old family recipe, the chili. Vidalia onions. Mustard. And the Greek spices? The Greek spices. Can't forget about those. Don't forget the secret menu. Basically, here's the secret menu. 
Ask for it and see if they'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> they will. They'll, they'll find a way to get it done. Or look, do me a favor. If you don't want to go out just yet, you're not getting the vax, you will still want to have it. You go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. You get a Coney kit delivered to your door. American Coney Island, corner Michigan Lafayette, Detroit's oldest run family restaurant. And also brought to you by ADR Consultants. Listen, uh, you can't fight City Hall, Ralph. I disagree. You cannot fight City Hall on your own, Ralph. You need help, Ralph. Okay, we need okay. help. ADR can. They can help you, you, Ralph. And listen, if you are City Hall and you don't know how to get it done, ADR knows how to get it done. So you didn't say ADR at first. Do you know what ADR consultants do? Tell me what they're, they're experts in procurement, <laughs> IT, best practices, permitting, everything. Well, you can't fight City Hall then. <laughs> With the help of ADR. They're honest, they're ethical, smart. You call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 and talk. You're not going to charge you for it. It's a really serious business, a serious concern. ADR Consultants, Honest, Ethical, Smart. Okay. The latest on COVID before we get to Ralph. Ralph, you please join in it. You know, friend of the show today, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, so the latest, the governor has res- uh, resorted, her latest thing to get this COVID pandemic under control mm-hmm. is vax shaming. It's extortion. So now we're going to keep it closed until we reach vaccination levels. Once we re- get to one level, we'll open up the restaurants a little bit. Once we get to the next level, we'll open up kids sports again. Once we get to another level, we'll open up the ballparks. And then when we get to the level of 70%, it's all open. What, what is that? It's confusing, first of all. It's extortion, Charlie. That's what it is. That's what you said it is. Like, how how does that work and why does that work? So you're going to shame and make everybody so fearful that you encourage them to get one of the three and or four vaccines that are available. No, that's not the way to reopen. That's not following science. That's not making any sense. I can't. I remember when people wouldn't wear masks and they spit on each other and slap each other in the gas station. Well, you know, Karen, to quote one of our uh, late departed friends, Cliff Russell, you can't make sense out of nonsense. That's and true. that's not you the way you to cannot, you encourage people. So, to- and people still don't. Charlie, this is the other thing. I just came back from a trip. I saw a lady pull her mask down to sneeze. I saw a young lady who was preparing uh, a a smoothie. Yeah, she had on a mask, but her braids were long and they were so long that they kept falling over into the eye. Just there are things that we continue to do that are just nasty, that don't make sense, COVID or not. I mean, uh, we got to rethink how we function. People are nasty. It's over. They are. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's over. And the fact is, at some point, you got to let people live. I mean, at what point? Because now it's a law of diminishing returns. People have lost businesses. People have lost jobs. People have lost almost everything. So at what point do you just use some damn common sense and say, you know, these are the people that got vaccinated and these are the people that didn't. But Ralph, this is the thing. I don't mean to interrupt you, but the vaccination and and, and you say follow (laughs) the science, the vaccine will not prevent you from transmitting it. It will not prevent you from uh, from getting it again. I mean, so what is it? prevent you from doing it. it won't prevent you from getting it it won't I don't prevent know. you I don't from know being reinfected and it won't prevent you from transmitting I, I, I call it. bullshit so on that, that say? I call bullshit on that is that it, the call of the day all right well, it does that's prevent what you from get, you say it it does prevent you from getting it for a, a period right it doesn't last forever okay uh, we don't know about transmission but my wife's had a couple of tests now after having it being exposed to me and my daughter and didn't get it right 
So I, I don't know. I just don't know about the policy. That's the that's no, my part. The policy. Does. It's the policy because the policy makes no sense. Because number one, what's the incentive to get the vaccine if I am still bound by everything else that I had before the vaccine? But then you threaten me and say, if I don't get the vaccine, then I'm not going to open these things up. I mean, none of it follows a good rationale, a scientific rationale. It's political expediency right now. Mm. And that is the rule of the day. What makes political sense? What can I get a good poll from? And if that's the answer, then that's the damn answer politicians are going with. Wow. Now, I don't want to put you guys in a box, but I would say you're probably a blue-collar Democrat type guy, right? I think that's fair to say. And I'd say Karen is an elegant, fur-wearing, limousine liberal Democrat. (laughs) Whose carriage turns into a pumpkin? <laughs> but I, I don't, don't forget, I'm a member of AEI. Give me credit yeah, now. She's a, she's of a conservative think tank. Yes. So this isn't uh, some kind of Republican screed. This is just the people talking. So anybody out there like thinking we're hating, right? We're not hating. And full disclosure, I got the, I got both vaccines. Yeah. But at some point, you got to let people in a democratic, free society do what the hell is best for you based on your research. Yeah. So I got it. If you don't get it, that's your choice. You made a decision. When do we lose the power of choice? That's that's the problem I have with this whole conversation. Well, and I understand the people out there thinking, look, we got to keep keep it safe. You're right. We we did it. I, I know I did it. I mean, I, I've worn I've worn mask. I've been in the house. You know, I've done everything. And fortunately, I have not caught it. However, I couldn't watch my brother draw his last breath. That's that's not to, because not, I'm not going to sit in a hospital. That's the humanity and expose people potentially right. or raise a scene. I'm going to do what's asked of me, not because listen, you you mask holes that won't you know, yeah, do your part. <laughs> also, I'm I'm a leader. I'm I'm a grown man. I'm going to do what's asked of me and what we consider to be right. If it wasn't right in the end, that's fine. Right, and and that's the that's the point, Charlie. That that's the beauty of, of what this country espouses to be. I get a choice in this thing. Now, understandably, when the uh, pandemic first hit, we didn't know anything about this thing. Shut everything down. But the more we learn the science, the science is not matching up with the politics, and the numbers aren't matching up with the deaths. There you go. Which I'm I'm in negotiations with the attorney general on that lawsuit Ooh. about those nursing home numbers. So stay tuned. It's going to be some big news. I don't want to talk about what we're negotiating because I don't bit want of breaking news. I don't man. want to affect it. Yeah. Soon. But there's movement. That's good. Because I'm not taking it. We shouldn't take it. It's a goddamn democracy. Right. Allegedly. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm not telling you to do one thing, and I'm doing another. Right. And that's the thing. You lead by example. If you firmly believe what you believe, you lead by example, and then you give people the adult opportunity to make a choice for themselves. Wallet Hub. Did a new study. Mueller does a lot of studies. Safest states during COVID-19 throughout the whole pandemic. They compared 50 states across five key metrics. That includes the rate of transmission, positive testing, hospitalizations and death, as well as the share of eligible population getting vaccinated. So before we say Michigan won't get vaccinated, on the vaccination list, we're 30th. So we're about in the middle there. So this wouldn't really sway where we rank so when you put all that together where do you think we rank on the list ralph ah and i'm 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 scared to guess safest being number one least safe is being 50 
And as I always say, let me uh, give you a hint, Ralph. If there's one thing I've learned when Charlie brings up something like it's this, closer to fifty, go to the end. <laughs> yeah, start start at the end and work your way up. It's sort of like let me give you another one. Let's go forty five. <laughs> nope. I mean, be serious. I mean, forty five. <laughs> uh, no, I'm 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 just. Oh, you're being serious. No, I'm being serious. Oh, no, we're fiftieth. Fifty. Fifth bottom. Oh, yeah. At the bottom. Fifty first when you include DC too. Yeah, we didn't even beat DC. And it's interesting if you look at their metrics too, and I don't know how. Hold they... on, I'm not done with that. Oh, okay. Wow. How, how can one man Bullshit. crumble? <laughs> so does that mean we we lose statehood and DC get statehood? <laughs> we'll trade them. <laughs> is this the state trade? What what is going on? We lost everything. Yeah. And we're look. Oh, there's another study of the top 180 cities. Who's bounced back the quickest? One being the top mm -hmm. and 180 being the bottom. Where do you think Detroit is? Did you learn the lesson, Ralph? I'm going to guess yeah, 180. 180. <laughs> Let's just stick with this. No, it's this 163, uh. but that's no good. <laughs> Ralph knows because he used to be chief of police. Yep. And every year the FBI crime stats would come. He'd be like, God damn it. We're yeah. most violent again. Did that used to suck? Well, you know, I moved us down, so... To two. To two or three or four. No, actually, I no, we were out of the top five when I was chief. If my, if my memory is correct. Your memory is bad, bro. Yeah, it is. However. We didn't have no money. Yeah, we didn't have money. See, but that's where, you know, and Karen, you, you can attest to this. We got nearly, we did not get nearly enough credit for what we did with no money. Okay, pause that's it true. there. Pause it there. We're coming to that. Yeah. That's, that's the deep part. Yep. You hear that? I mean, I'm, he, he's coming with it. I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. But first, just to finish the COVID, uh, I was in Tucker Carlson last night, right, on, on Fox. And uh, we're talking about Whitmer's trip to Florida, right? Right? Yeah. And uh, leaders should lead. Right. Like, I, I know you got a dad. I don't know if he's sick. I, I don't I, We don't know anything, right? But I, again, have a brother-in-law who died. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to say, the only 10 at the funeral, you want to say goodbye. He's already past right and we listened come on okay so anyway here's the deal i'm calling bullshit remember whitmer still won't tell us when she went where she went what time who paid for the flight mm -hmm. and what airplane you took who did he belong to transparency at his fine okay is what well, she ran on and they're quoting security concerns mm -hmm. security concerns okay <laughs> well i talked to the florida state police trying to find out when the airplane landed you know, they're going to provide executive protection. Right. As is customary, right? It's customary. That, that, as a matter of fact, it's an expectation. Um, any governor, mayor of a major city, uh, when you go into somebody else's jurisdiction, uh, it is proper protocol to make sure that that executive protection detail knows that you're coming. Then transversely, they offer some support if you want it. If you don't, that's fine. And then because of, you know, some cross-jurisdictional things, if you're carrying in somebody else's state, you don't just show up in somebody else's state with your gun. So the, there are a number of different issues that you have to sort out because if something happens to that principal in another jurisdiction, right? Uh, how in the hell do you let that governor know, oops, oh, by the way, I was in your state? Well, it's only 50 of them. And it's only 50 people that hold that position. Right. And they're the most powerful people in the country. So what you're saying is like, what happens if a band of rednecks decided to kidnap you and you're in Florida? Right. They're, oops. Oh, by the way, help. 
that's just not, that, I mean, so, come on. So why didn't you notify the state police? But how do you keep a visit secret then? <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. So you don't want people to know about it. So now here's the thing. This comes out. Uh, we dug up the old podcast. It was a couple weeks ago. Just, just uh, her, the COO, the one in charge of putting out the, the shots and forgot to order the 360,000 shots yes. is down in Margaritaville partying. And it's the day before I find, it's the very day I find out that the health director goes down to the Gulf Coast, right. to Margaritaville. Unvaxxed? Was she the one that was unvaxxed? She wasn't fully vaxxed. Well, the governor fully herself vaxed. wasn't vaxxed at all. What's the, what the protocols? Big I'm trying point. to do the protocols. Yep, key point. So yeah. here's, the, here's the, the, the podcast. I did get the protocols. This is uh, courtesy of MERS. Yes, thank you, MERS. So I was able to get a few days off. Were you able to get a few days off? Have you had any days off for the last year? That's the question I want to know. It seems like you've been on for an entire year. Yeah, like most people on my team, I mean, we've been working 14 months without much of a break. Um, my my daughter had spring break. Um, I didn't do much of anything. You saw me. I was here in town the whole time. But, um, you know, it's the weather's getting nicer, so I'm moving some of my Zoom calls outside. That's the most exciting uh, development. <laughs> if you could go anywhere for spring break, where would you have gone? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I would, you know, I my last, my first big trip as governor, um, and and the last trip I've taken was to Israel, mm-hmm. um, and that was a, a an incredible opportunity to showcase what's going on in Michigan, to sign some memorandums of understanding, and her last trip, um, my family came over. Yeah. Her last trip was to Israel in two thousand and nineteen. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Red flag here. Didn't we see her at the inauguration? Yep. Wasn't that a trip? Yep. Okay. Didn't you know right at that time, Madam Governor, that you had gone to Florida to see your old man before you told us to stay away from Florida? You don't remember that? I just is bullshit. So, Charlie, real quick, real quick, let me kick the tires on a counter argument. Now, from a security executive protection standpoint, off the record movements are are the safest. Because nobody knows where you're at. That's awesome. So, however, that that really applies to you're on a campaign stump and you stop at American Coney Island and don't tell anybody. Yeah, I get that. It doesn't really, the spirit of it doesn't go to going to a whole different damn state. Let's just stop here. <laughs> so, so, but, but I, I bring that up because that's going to be the counter argument. I'm telling you now. I know the counter argument, yeah, okay. but here's the thing. When you're a servant leader, that's what you are in America. You eat last. You set the example. You leave the burning building last. You're the first one in. And That's what a, every high school football captain knows this. That's what you signed up for. You don't go for. down to Florida. We had a little wake. Has she, has she been up north at all? I mean, that's, you know, something she talked about earlier. Does anybody know if she's taking any trips uh, up north? I don't, you know, I don't really care about it. I just remember like a year ago. She announced that there was a, lo- a travel lockdown. We couldn't go to our fishing shacks, right. remember? Yep. And now you come out and say there was never a travel ban? This is the problem with modern society and the media. You're sitting there asking the questions, and you don't remember writing the story about we can't leave, but people from Chicago can come here? <laughs> Charlie, somebody, one of our uh, listeners also reminded us, uh, Pam is reminding us that she also went to Delaware, remember, to meet with Biden before he made his official VP oh, announcement. Yeah, so that there's was that trip. one. Well, you good one. What a smart audience. Thank you. <laughs> Forgot about that. You know, where she, 
She just don't consider me anymore, Joe, for VP. It's a, it's just, I, like, I bow out gracefully. Yeah, I, I bow, get the fuck out of here. Care to hear more lies? No, I'm no, no, I'm done with it. Yeah, I'm done That's with fine. it, man. Okay, so look, um, here's the thing. So now I get people going, oh, you're on Tucker's show. What's wrong with LaDuff? He's changing. He's changing. Right? Tucker's an animal. Look, I'll talk to anybody. Anybody. And if you think I'm some kind of right-wing tool, remember you used to think I was a left-wing tool back during the election when I said there was no fraud? Remember that? You asked Schwarzenegger about me, Giuliani, Trump. Ask him about me. Snyder. I killed Snyder. One of Remember? In 2016, when the Flint crisis is out and Snyder's like the water's safe to drink. Right. In fact, I'm going to fill up some milk jugs and I'm going to drink it for 30 days. Not like he was going to bathe in it, right? Exactly. What? The picture's up. The picture's up for those watching. There he is. He's in Flint. He's filling up his weekly supply of water. I'm going to drink it. <laughs> well, the fucking asshole, you know what he did five days later? He gets on a jet and he's heading to the Alps and he forgot the water. I scream that asshole. Man, his own health crisis, man-made, mind you. Yeah. What's wrong with the leaders? Come back and get it. And you know what the excuse was? Oh, I'm, I'm going to make it up when I get back. I, made, I couldn't, it couldn't clear customs. You know why? Because you're not allowed to take radioactive material over international life. <laughs> that is typically a problem. Where's the justice? That's it, folks. See, so that's the thing. Stop doing that. I, this is just called reporting. I'm an umpire. I call the balls and the strikes. This is some bullshit. But see, Charlie, that's journalistic integrity. So let me, let me full disclosure. Uh, when I screwed my life up, uh, Charlie LaDuff was a very fair reporter. He asked the right questions. Mm -hmm. What'd you do? I, I retired. No, I, what did you do to screw up oh, your life? No, I had, a, I had an extramarital affair, um, and it was inappropriate. With a copper. With a cop. Um, she put a gun in her mouth. She was so gun. angry. Yeah, she she a, tweeted it. She tweeted it. But I, I thanked Charlie, which a lot of people don't know, um, privately, because I was going through PTSD, going through depression, going through alcoholism. Uh, my family was falling apart. So where I was rising, you know, a rising star politically, uh, my life was in the toilet. And if not for a real reporter asking questions to expose the truth, um, I wouldn't be sitting here today uh, recovered uh, from addiction, recovered from a, a lot of things. My daughter is my best friend. I'm a grandfather. Uh, my life is amazing now. And that's what my man, you know, but, you know, we have to get back to a morality in this country where right is right and wrong is wrong. And, and you know, and when you're wrong, you got to accept it and hold yourself accountable and do something about it. You know, get your life together. It's funny. You know, I mean, I like you and I admire you and, now we can say it because yeah. you're out of the business. We're friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And when Ianna Stanley Jones was was shot, the little girl, mm -hmm. and killed by your own police department, yeah. we would meet. Yep. I think I can say this now. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I found you to be a very honest and forthright and conscientious servant. And so when all that shit was happening, it was really hard to do. No, and, and I live a life, too. It's, it's hard. But see, that's the thing in, in, in our modern politics. We got to stop getting mad at people reporting what we do don't have to worry about that anymore because nobody's reporting <laughs> <laughs> no, well that's true you know you know but in, in general and i think that's that's what we've lost you know and charlie that's why uh you'll be my friend for life is because you call balls balls and strike strikes 
you know, people judge integrity by whether you cuss or not, whether you drink or not. That's not integrity. Integrity is if you can look in the mirror and wake up every day and do right by people. That's integrity. Drinking and that's beer why, and 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 whiskey and cussing is culture. It's culture. It, it you know integrity is integrity. Integrity is integrity. Ab- absolutely. Which by I'm sorry to interrupt. We we have some breaking news. I believe, Mark. Do we? We have breaking news. Jimmy Patronis, the chief operating officer of the great state of Florida, is about to deliver a public service announcement to Gretchen Whitmer and the citizens of the great state of Michigan. We now take you live to Tallahassee for this exclusive announcement from Chief Patronis. Sir, the floor is yours. Dear Governor Whitmer, with recent media reports that you and your chief operations officer separately visited the great state of Florida, I want to take the liberty to provide you and your whole entire team materials from Visit Florida, our state's official marketing brand for future visits. Included with this letter, I've attached a summary of our promotional materials to help plan your next visit. As both you and your COO know from personal experience, Florida is safe for travel. With over 8 million Floridians fully vaccinated, unlike a lot of other states, Florida is safe and open for business. The fact that Florida has a lower mortality rate than other lockdown states like New York, indeed, our governor successfully balanced the coronavirus with keeping our small businesses open. No doubt many of your fellow Michiganers have traveled to the Sunshine State this year, and we proudly welcome them. Moreover, like yourself, many of your constituents have loved ones in the state of Florida they have not seen in some time. I know members of your team are telling you, downplay your recent trip to Florida. Don't listen to them. (laughs) Now that you and your COO have personally experienced what the Sunshine State has to offer, I encourage you to share your experiences, share them publicly, and moreover, however, come back frequently. Sincerely, Jimmy Petronas, Chief Financial Officer, State of Florida. That was great. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Somebody said that's a that's an SNL skit right there. Yeah, but that's really that's really the treasure of Florida right there. I mean, they call him to see yep. up that. There he is. Yeah. Hey guys. Okay. Jim, hey Jimmy. <laughs> we're, flight tomorrow. <laughs> Jimmy, we're 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 off the air now, bro. Why the fuck did you write that? Wait, did I write it? Well, actually. Wait a minute. We're really on the air. I'm just fucking it. with you. <laughs> no. Why'd you write it? Look. At the end of the day, I'm I'm a believe, I'm, I'm unlike you. Call balls and strikes. You know what? I think when you put your name on the ballot, you got to hold yourself to a higher level. Um, and you can't do this, say one thing, do another. So when I see other elected officials, you know, you know, living, you know, two lives, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. Your constituents that I elect you should know that, you know what, you're you're a little bit of a fraud. So, you know what, oh. come, in, come out, be real and do right by Shots your citizens fired. of your state. That's what we do every day in the great state of Florida. Woo, I think he just called Whitmer a fraud. Is that what he, did you hear that? That's why she needs security in Florida. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. Sir. You're the, you're, you're a big wig there. You're like, you're, you're one of the top executives of the, of the great state of Florida. And it is a great state except for the flying cockroaches in the summer, but you know, can't have everything. Did, did the governor reach out to the state police and ask for, at least uh, let you know that she's crossing the jurisdiction? 
So to my knowledge, so the Florida Department of Law Enforcement reports to the Florida cabinet. I'm a member of the Florida cabinet. To my knowledge, there was no outreach of notice or inquiry on behalf of Governor Whitmer to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. And as Ralph was saying, that's not a customary thing. Well, so here's here's what I know. Um, the governor of the great state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, whenever he travels, he has a security detail that goes with him wherever he goes in the state, even if it's through a drive through to get a hamburger. So whenever they travel anywhere, that security detail is with them simply because he is one of 50 governors and a governor is the single most powerful, influential executive in the state of Florida. It's no different than what Governor Whitmer is to the citizens of the state of Michigan. So speaking of power, our governor exercised a lot of it and actually grabbed some power that our Supreme Court found to be unconstitutional. Your state handled it sort of gloves off. So how do you explain the radical difference? I, I measure COVID like this. How many people died? It's like crime, Ralph. It's, 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 it's not how many burglaries. Exactly. It's how many, it's how many murders. People. Exactly. It's how many lives. Why does Florida have less deaths per capita than Michigan? We're both so, peninsulas. So here's what I do know. I, I still have the text on my phone where I had an exchange with the FEMA administrator back in January when the first case popped up at Texas A&M. And he said, yes, we're starting to see cases. So I also get to be the state fire marshal in the state. So I traveled the state. I was in Pensacola, Jacksonville, Gainesville, Tallahassee, Orlando. And I'm and, and these first responders, God love them. These guys, they take 911 calls 24-7, 365. But as I am asking them if they're prepared, they've all got pandemic training. They're used to putting somebody infected in a buggy and taking them to the, the hospital and then flipping that ambulance to get it back in circulation 20 minutes later with an autoclave. But you know what they said, you know, we're worried about PPE. We're worried about having enough of it. So what we just started to do is we started ramping up our request for PPE and, and Governor DeSantis, God love him. He, he stressed that we, we got, you know, PPE in those hands, those first responders, but more importantly, unlike a New York governor saying to shut down our nursing homes, he would not allow anybody from the outside, get in, to a face-to-face environment with the that most vulnerable population. And then he led by making sure all of our seniors were vaccinated first. Not pause. all other states did pause, that. Jimmy, pause, Jimmy, pause, pause. Jimmy, 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 did your government, did your governor commingle people in the nursing homes? Did they bring infected people from the hospital in the nursing homes where there were uninfected people. No, no, he did not, Charlie. And, and you're, you're spot on where in the case of New York, they tried to get somebody who was not vulnerable and put them back into the nursing home to try to free up hospital beds. Governor DeSantis simply made sure that our seniors were, were unfortunately isolated off, but it was for their own health and safety. Uh, and we, we did unique things. You know, loved ones got to see their loved ones through, through windows, through plexiglass, through BizQueen, you name it until vaccines were, were made available. Well, we did all that, but the, the point is we tried to isolate Correct. seniors. We brought more in and nobody bothered to look to see if the nursing homes were actually doing it. Right. And now right. we don't no, have an well, accurate count. And Florida has 26% of our populations over the age of, of 65, uh, us in Arizona go back and forth. So we knew that that population was the most vulnerable in the state and Governor DeSantis led by protecting that population.
Uh, Florida took a lot of shit early on, too, how they rolled out the vaccine just by pretty much, I think it was anybody over 65, I can't remember exactly. How are how are vaccinations going now in the state of Florida? So um, I got my second shot earlier this week. Uh, we basically, anybody over the age of 16 who wants a vaccination in Florida can get one now. Uh, the vaccination uh, site here in Tallahassee that I went through, uh, they were doing thousands Jimmy, you only got now. 8 million people vaccinated. Every Walgreens will be able to get the shot. You're, do, Every, you're doing yes, about as well as Michigan on the vac- vaccination tip here. But that's okay. Look, last question. Florida has about 130 million tourists a year. Right. Can you believe that the pure Michigan people are reporting that we have 125 million tourists a year? Do we really have the same amount of tourists as Florida? It's cold. There's no Disneyland. We didn't got Cedar Point. You got to go to Ohio. So I, I, I would call. Um, what do you call that? Here, it's called scratch and sniff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> smells like bullshit to me, man. Smells like. But here's what's going on, Jimmy. I want you to know this. Um, that during the shutdown, the state of Michigan, Whitmer, budgeted $15 million for our, our Pure Michigan campaign last year, right? We started running ads in December to encourage people to come here during the COVID. Hmm. We're running, we were running commercials in Florida, say, come up to Michigan, and we're all locked in our house. So my question is, Jimmy, you want to come visit us in Michigan? You know, you know what I'll do? I want to go to the uh, Henry Ford Auto Museum. That's what I want to do. I want to come to the Detroit Auto Show. That's what I want to do. Uh, but when I saw, I look, I saw the Pure Michigan ads in in Florida where I live. Uh, I thought it was a bottled water company. I thought you, I thought it was some type of new, you know, bottled water coming from you know Lake Superior or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy. I know you got to get back and uh, pretty much do nothing, being the bureaucrat that you are. But uh, <laughs> thank uh, you very much. Hold on, Jimmy. Uh, our mutual friend just said, uh, "I hear you and Charlie are talking to my good friend Jimmy Patronus doing a little thing today." Love you all. Hope you're well. <laughs> so he just sent me a text. Who, who did? Awesome. Well, name drop it. Who did? I, I, you know, I, I didn't know they, there was. They're not going to tell us. Until I met y'all, this is great. I got to, you know, you give me a whole other reason why to come. Wait, who? who on, wait, who? Did, a good time. Who, who sent the text? <laughs> who do you guys know in common? That's weird. Sir? Karen, who sent the text? Kid Rock. Oh, Kid Rock. Here. Oh, my. Okay. Oh, well. Yeah, he took off for Tennessee, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he did. That's where he went. You know, so it was funny. So Charlie, when I was listening to your podcast, I said, I said, shit, I feel like I'm listening to Kid. So, you know, I reached out to him and anyway, he's a big fan. And then he, you know, you're telling me he's a big fan of Karen. So anyway, you know, y'all, y'all have got a new friend in Florida and I hope you'll come down and pay us a visit. We'll show you a good time. We will. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate y'all. You Thanks too. for your time, Thanks. brother. There goes. There goes the treasurer of Florida calling the governor of Michigan a fraud. <laughs> How about that, Vice? That's not bad. Ooh boy, Ooh, heard it here first. You know, Charlie, I watch Vice News at night. I love Vice News. A bunch of hipster pinheads. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love it. I watch it. I watch it every What's night. What's great is the the film crew. The the producers from New York and the film crew is local. So Vice okay. does know how to do it. Yeah. Good. Got Brandon, Brandon, Andrew, the sound guy's Andrew, right? And uh, Anthony LaPay is the uh, the producer. Good to have you in town, man. Hey, uh, would you mind reading Luke Nowacki's copy? 
Let me see. Well, what, let, let me see what can I we, can do. We could queue up a way If you're not among the ruling elite who can make your pals' pockets fat off the taxpayers' back, if you actually work for a living, you're going to have to provide for your own retirement and theirs. If you have questions, whether you're right on the track, call financial specialist Luke Nowacki at 248-663-6748. Grow your assets from annuities to individual retirement accounts to college saving plans to good old stocks and bonds. Make the call now. Your politicians and your children are depending on you. Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Try reading that disclaimer. Oh, Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. That radio experience. Radio experience. Back in, Ralph. Yes. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. Leave that on for a minute. Ralph Gabby has served as a Detroit police officer for 25 years. He climbed through the ranks of command until he was appointed the city's top cop in 2010, a position he held for over two years. Ago. Over two years. You went on to head the Detroit uh, Public Schools Police Department until, did you resign or retire? I uh, retired. You retired? Uh, yep, September of uh, 2020. A long life of service and policing in one of the roughest cities in America. He's a professor of criminology. Uh, adjunct professor, yeah, Wayne yeah. County Community College. Yes, sir. Yes. yes, sir. Okay, you had to get that in. Professorial. Right. <laughs> uh, Gabby's working on a new book. How to Restructure Policing in America, How to Reimagine It, which he calls inherently racist institutions, American policing. So, Ralph, thanks for joining us. Uh, if I put it correctly, that's a first question. We'll just go from here. Let's just that's jump into it. That's a hell of a thing to say. So the first question is, what do you think your colleagues in blue are thinking when you say that, especially when an institution yeah, is only, I, I, is only an idea. I've gotten some nasty DMs. I'll put it that way, uh, from anonymous cops. But um, and I think this is where we have to stop parsing the conversation. We spend way too much time trying to figure out whether an officer is racist or not. And I set that predicate by saying it this way: If you look at Freddie Gray in Baltimore uh, when he was murdered by the police, when they took him for a ride, took him for a ride, came back with a broken came back, came back with a broken broken neck in two places, mm-hmm. broken back. Uh, and he basically suffocated um, because he was unable to breathe. Um, half of those officers were black. Uh, one of the most notorious um, offenders in Detroit history, uh, Sergeant Eugene Brown, um, shot multiple um, African-Americans in Detroit. Uh, couldn't get him fired, couldn't get him uh, retired. I finally got him fired on, you wouldn't believe it, uh, for fudging on overtime. African-American. When I was chief of police and we started tracking citizen complaints and the number of um, office, who who led to city and citizen complaints? An African-American officer who subsequently was fired for a federal charge. So I don't say that to besmirch African-American officers. I say that to say that we police in a racist system. And I don't care how noble your intent is. Because I would say to a person, when I joined the police department 
1987 and 19 years old, I had these notions of saving my neighborhood and ridding it from drugs and bad people and gangs and fighting the war on drugs. You know, all that, you know, pie in the sky, you know, over the rainbow BS. But I meant it. I felt that. I thought that's what I was doing. I want to show young people, you know, a young black man can be a cop and you can make money without selling dope. You know, all the noble things. And I would venture to say black or white, red or yellow, most good American people that join police departments, they join with the noblest of intentions. With the caveat, we know the FBI has already told us, and you don't need the FBI to tell me, that white supremacists have um, infiltrated the ranks of police departments years ago, and they still do. Take that group out. We know they're, you know, we know they're horrible people. They're, you know, they, 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 there's a special place in hell for folks like that. But the history of policing, and this goes to my criminology, I didn't know this until I started teaching in college uh, criminology uh, that slave patrols were the first organized police departments in the United States of America enforcing the slave codes. So the premise of American policing was built on controlling black and brown behavior through fear, violence, and intimidation. And then from the majority population, white America's perspective, police officers, they protect and serve. So when we have the conversation about policing without those two different lenses, white America's like, we love our cops. They're great. You know, they put their lives on the line. And contrary to popular belief, most black people are conservative in their in their thinking. If you really dig down with a black person, you ask them certain questions, they affiliate with Democrats because they tend to support issues that are more favorable to black and brown people. But we're ostensibly very conservative people. We we support the police. We believe in the police. We law and order. We go to church. We, you know, all those things that are, 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 are the counter narrative to what's said about black people. But when you look at that as the fundamental basis of policing, let's be honest, from slave patrols to reconstruction, from Reconstruction to Jim Crow, from Jim Crow to the Civil Rights era, from the Civil Rights era to white flight, white flight. Um, what has really changed about policing except we enforce slave codes with a smile. We give um, platitudes like community policing, which that's not a damn cop in America that can really define what community policing is. I tell you is. what community policing is. It's called a beat cop. It's a beat cop. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And that and that's that that it is the with the car. That's the intent of policing. If you go back to Sir Robert Peel and the nine pillion principles for policing, which says basically the 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 people are the police and the police are the people. The only difference is police get paid to do what what the citizen is supposed to do anyway. But we've migrated to this system of uh, law enforcement and policing. And there are two different ways that policing is done in America. Legally, I can go on Mac and Bewick. And because it's a, you know, for those. We always talk about Mac and Bewick. It's always Mac and Bewick. Okay, Linwood and Philadelphia. We can do it on the west side. Linwood, Philadelphia, Mac and Bewick, Brightmore. And because of the, 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 the geography, because of the demography, because of the crime stats, I can legally go in those neighborhoods and stop anybody for any damn thing I want because I can articulate it as a high crime area. And the Supreme Court has affirmed 
Is that true? My ability to do that, absolutely. So just it, known to be a high crime area. That's all I need. That's all you need. I can pull wow. Charlie Duff over and say, you over there buying dope, aren't you? Because you're a white guy that don't fit in this. See, it, it works both ways. You're a white guy, and you don't fit in this neighborhood. But it inures horribly towards the treatment of black and brown people. So you cannot use that same standard in Gross Point. You cannot use that same standard in Royal Oak. You can't use that same standard in Ferndale. So then what do they use? You said there's a second prong. I think I get I second guessed prong. it. So what do they use over 8 Mile or over Ultra Road? What is the police trick on that one? So the police trick on that is I can, if I look at the Michigan Vehicle Code, I can stop any black person I want to in a car. And there's something in that Michigan Vehicle Code, I guarantee you, I can find that they've transgressed. So what I've done is now I've supported the let's pretext go, let, for my stop. Let's do the pretext. And you're talking about broken taillight. Broken taillight. Expired tabs. Expired tabs. Uh, something hanging from your rearview mirror. Hanging air freshener from your mirror. Really? Yeah, really. Now, if I do that on Mac and Bewick, okay, I'm starting now. I'm working backwards. Because there are some things I can presuppose. And just based on demographics, just based on socioeconomics, I can pretty much tell you who doesn't have car insurance. So now I got a misdemeanor. I can tell you pretty much who the car isn't registered. The rolling stop. The rolling stop through the stop sign. You know, just those things. Why are you stopping? Like, why are they doing that in Detroit? Is it looking for guns? They're looking for guns, looking for dope. So now, and and see, this is this is the dirty little secret, Charlie. Traffic enforcement in its inception was supposed to be for education and correction. We figured out as cops how to get into people's cars, into their trunks, because number one, reasonable suspicion can get us inside the car. Officer safety, um, Terry stop, pat down and frisk. Now that's extended to the interior of the vehicle. So I can now articulate all these things. So the, the unfettered discretion that police officers can use to decide who they want to stop and decide how they want to take a civil infraction and use that civil infraction to go backwards. To cascade. To cascade. Now, let me ask you this. You say something really strong here that institutionally, institutionally. It, it needs to be torn down. It needs to be torn down. Okay, so what, what is, what's really going on under the badge? Why... So let me, the, let me give you a hard on to arrest. Let me give you a couple of people why. and put them in, in jail. Why? Well, number one, easy targets because of implicit bias, racism, perceptions in the media. But let me take it. it it's, it's not even that deep. We have to change the compensation system for law enforcement. So, Charlie, if Say it again. we have to change the compensation, compensation system for law enforcement. So if you if 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 I'm behind on my bills, I write enough tickets, I'm going to court. If I go to court, that's extra pay. If I get extra pay, I can pay those bills if I'm living beyond my need, means. You cannot have a profit motive tied to enforcement. Number one. Then number two, you look at Ferguson. Um, when the DOJ went in, they found out that the courts were being funded. Fact. Off of the back of those that could least afford it, which are black and brown people in, in impoverished areas. So that is not unique to Ferguson. They just did the deep dive in Ferguson. Is that done in Detroit? That's done in Detroit. Civil for wait, civil wait, civil wait, asset forfeiture. As far as far up to when you left. Oh no, no, it was done when I was there. 
Right. That's the system. See, that's 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 you never stopped. So you so you bring up Wait, a, wait, you never stopped. Never it. stopped it. And let me show you. You couldn't. You couldn't. So let me let me uh, You wanted to stop it and you couldn't. Wanted to stop it, but couldn't. And this is the this is yeah. the reason why the system has to be completely torn down and built up from scratch. There are eighteen thousand police departments in the United States of America. So that means that's eighteen thousand different chiefs, eighteen thousand different mayors, city manager, township folks, whatever you you know, leads those areas. So if I got a good chief in Detroit, give give Detroit the benefit of the doubt. Got the greatest chief on the planet, does everything right. I mean, damn it, we nailed it. We got the best chief. But then you got Dearborn. You got Ferndale. You got Southfield. You got Oak Park. You got Wayne County Sheriff. I mean, and and you know, and it multiplies. So 18,000 different police agencies. So just because your chief gets it right doesn't mean that the system gets it right. So that's why fundamentally for there ever to be equity in policing in the United States for black and brown and poor people. And and I bring that up for oh, this. You're bringing reason. in white people. Why? Exactly. Because in aggregate, and this is the dirt, this is the other part. In aggregate, there are more white people killed by police than black people. Now, disproportionately, we're, we're what, uh, 25, 30% of police killings, 40%. Let, let's do easy years. numbers. Whites are about half the population. There's 60, but we just go right. half the people killed are white, mm-hmm. and whites are about 50. Blacks are 10% and 30% of the deaths. Exactly. Are, and Latinos are 20, and they're 20% of the deaths. Right. Death. So, so it's really the black people taking that shit end of the stick. Yes. But all the people being dropped, you can bet there's only like one rich guy in there. Absolutely. That's the key. So now you, 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 can, you can make the argument that it's, it's class and it's social, and it is. But this is where it gets sticky with police work. I can improve my class as a white American. I can't take off my black skin. So that's why you still have like the lieutenant in Virginia that wait, was put wait, wait. You can improve your class as a white person, mm-hmm. but you can also improve your class as a black person. You can, but I still, but I'm still black. That part I can't change. Would you want to? No, I wouldn't. However, there's some things to come with that. I mean, and we have to be honest about that, Charlie. I, I mean, you know, I, I drive. Lay it out. I drive a, a, a 2019 Camaro SS, tricked out, beautiful car. And the, I, just yesterday, a police officer tapped on my window. Hmm. And then as I rolled the window down, oh, chief, how you doing? I was just going to ask you, no, the hell you wasn't. You were about to harass me I, I mean charlie i've been doing this long you enough. can tell by the knock on the window oh yeah number one he had no business knocking on my damn window and then another thing i've seen the red and blues behind me and they're getting ready to flick me but as they run the plate then the name comes back then i see them fall off so i'm not i'm not impervious to this because i'm I, i'm i've financially done well i'm not impervious from this because i was a chief of police because again i can take the uniform off that's why I don't buy the Blue Lives Matter, because you can take the uniform off. I can't take my black skin off. But I don't want to get too far into my philosophy. I, I want to stick to fundamentally why this criminal justice system, particularly police, policing, is so broken that you have to abolish it and start over. What that, do we do? So let me let me give you an example. By the way, you can't abolish it. You got you got to be fixing it as it goes. You do. Because you have a gap. But so let me let me take you to Camden, New Jersey. 
no, 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 you, you got to let me. You ever been to Camden, New Jersey? You got to let me. You ever been to Camden, New Jersey? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've been there. I used to live there. Okay, so now, the cops told me to move my van. Okay, <laughs> and so so you can you you of all people can attest to how bass backwards that police department was at one time. I mean, they, just they defunded it. But here, I know where you're going. They defunded it and start over. No, they didn't. They did exactly what we did in Pontiac, okay. which is you blew up the police department, the sheriff hired all the cops, right. and now it's all the sheriffs patrolling it. But they, but this was the plan. They built a new, now there is a Camden police department again. So last year, 2020, how many police involved shootings would you say Camden had last year? Oh, let's see. Camden is what, city of about, I'd say 70,000 now? Right. Probably got about... 400 cops, I'm thinking. Is that correct? Give or take. Yeah. Um, I'd say last year? Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be a low number. Zero. Zero. None. What was it 10 years ago? Let me get to the, I'll, I'll get the numbers oh, for you. Sorry, I didn't know but, you were an expert. Uh, no. I mean, I didn't. I'm Camden. I mean, I know you're an Oh, expert. yeah. But, but I, bring that to the, I bring that point up to say that when we completely devalue the defund conversation, we're really ignoring the nuts and bolts. Because what citizens know is, Inherently, they know it ain't right. They know that, okay, you defunded mental health. You defunded uh, infrastructure. You defunded all these things. But the one thing that is that is so prevalent in black and brown communities and poor communities, out of everything you can't fund, you can find a way to fund police. May I? Yes. Just keeping it flowing just because we're like brothers talking Let's do it. on the phone. Mm-hmm. We did that. You, you know it. You were there when yes. we were fucking broke as a joke. We, we were in, we were just on the precipice of bankruptcy. We have like six chiefs in like three years. Three years, yeah. Including the interim guys. Yep. We defunded the police in in Detroit in that bankruptcy. We, we did. Well, well, remember the 10% pay cut? Well, yeah, 10% pay cut. It hasn't been restored. It's not been restored. Inflation's here. Yeah, exactly. Right? The starting salary's under right. 40 grand. Right. And this is the most violent city in America. But they didn't defund it. And what well, I mean, what I mean they, they took funding they, away. They took funding away. But what they did not do was fundamentally change the rules of engagement on the ground. So that's where the defund movement, they don't really. Somebody that's been on the inside needs to hip them to what goes on, to be totally honest. Because, th- and this is what, this was my conundrum. And this is one reason why I walked away from DPSCD. Now, let me say this. Nikolai Vitti, he got it. Our plan, and I hope I'm not putting him in a bad position, but neither one of us believe police need to be in schools. Because, that, because again, if you look at defunding, so those kids, they needed social workers. They needed psychologists. They needed psychiatrists. They needed um, uh, some intense, intense wraparound services that DPSCD is spending 15 to $20 million a year on security. So we de-emphasized the rest. So my 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 Great thing. Point. So my thing was, if we give these kids the support services they need, you don't need a police department. You can pay your teachers what they deserve to be paid. So societally, we've got to really look, take a step back. What is public safety? So let let me pose it this way, Charlie. When you drive through Gross Point, you drive through West Bloomfield. You know those are fluent places in Michigan. I don't feel safe because I see police. I feel safe because I see manicured lawns. I see well-kept homes. I see people jogging. I see people engaging with their neighbors. 
that's what creates safety. So the we 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 keep throwing. So to me, if you look at inner cities, it's like a car where the engine is falling out. But you figure, well, it'll run better if I give higher octane gas. Well, no, it's not going to run better if you put more police. More police create more criminals because there is a criminogenic aspect of it as well. What about a better class of cop? If you want better policing, mm-hmm. don't you have to pay? Uh, you have to pay. You have to have better educated. I mean, mental health for mental that? health. So l- let's stick on the mental health piece because that's an important part. Because I don't want to make it everything is the cops are wrong. Because I don't blame the individual cops. It's the system that is screwed up. So mental health. Let's talk about that real quick. So you got a traumatized community, particularly in black and brown communities. I I I don't think anybody can argue that. What I see when I see blue and red lights in the rearview mirror is much different than what a white male sees. What a white female sees. They see a protector coming. I see, damn, am I going to survive a traffic stop over a stop sign? Or let's, I don't, I'm not diminishing, but I'm like, it's more like, am I getting a punitive ticket or are you taking me down to the fucking state? Right. Or, I mean, but the possibility for black men is real that I can, I can die in this encounter. What do do you make of um, what went on in um, Minneapolis and Brooklyn? Heights, what was it called? Oh, Brooklyn Heights. Heights. Mm-hmm. Man, stick a pen in that because I got to finish this piece about the, the trauma. No, but stick a pen in because that's really important. Yeah. Uh, so you got a traumatized person that you're stopping. What people don't realize is the trauma that cops go through. So when we talked about my, my, my meltdown at the end of my career, well, I went and got help. I was going through PTSD. I had, I was, I didn't even realize I was going through depression. Um, so I got treated for all those things. So there, there are three, there are three physiological responses to stress. These are these are physiological: fight, flee, or freeze. Now, Charlie, you and I both know if you're a black man, if you fight or if you flee, you are effed. Okay, there's a third F. So it's fight, flee, or freeze. So two out of the three don't work well in a police encounter. Police are subjected to the same stressors: fight, flee, or freeze. But this is a difference. I go through an academy. I go through annual training. I get trained in my weapon. I go through scenario-based training so I can train out two of the three. I can train out the, the flea and the freeze and the cop. So now you got three things left in explosive situations. For the citizen, fight or flee. For the officer, fight. That That is not a good recipe. And then you That's add in there. Those pretext stops that have nothing to do with public safety, but they're just a pretext to get in somebody's car and do a search. Find a gun or get or or, or find a gun or dope. Or raise some money. Raise some money. So that's why we gotta fundamentally change the way we do police work. Let me do this. Here's here's let's talk bread. Okay. More bread you got, the less shit you taste. That's okay. it. The less shit, less cops you need. Less cops you need. I'm looking at Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing the biggest public works project going in southeastern Michigan is what? A jail. A super jail. A super jail. Criminal ju- a, a criminal justice center. That's and and the last jail we bulldozed because I caught it. Yep. In a in a wave of corruption, yeah. and we bulldozed four hundred million dollars. Absolutely, just now, down the toilet. Now I I ran down a mugger. Mm-hmm. Took uh, my friend's phone. Yeah. Chase him down. Yeah. You know, he's a four striker. Right. Mm-hmm. And he got three to 15. Okay. And I coming out of the court, mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, three to 15, Routine. you got him on a bus to Jackson. Right. Guys, like, what you in for, a purple cell phone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. I look, I go, this, this fucking clown got three to 15, and I look at this, where the super jail was going right. to be. Right, They bulldozed it. Mm-hmm. Nobody did a day. Not one day. I wrote, there's somewhere, it was lunchtime. Yeah. They're having a steak and a glass of burgundy. Yes. Laughing all the way. All the way to, to the, the bank. fucking bank. All the way. So the system is fundamentally broke. So all the platitudes of the... Um, you know, George Floyd uh, Justice and Policing Act. Nice. It's but, bullshit. But it's not going to work. It's not going to change the fundamental dynamics on the ground on Mack and Bewick, on Linwood and Philadelphia, the engagement strategies that police use in black and brown communities. Until you fundamentally, because this is how you, this, let, this is real simple. This is how you stop police from killing unarmed black folks. Less police encounters. So, Less hunting. Less hunting. Just get them when they're doing bad shit. Exactly. Leave it. That's that, and it's just that simple. That's leave it. That's it's that's just that pretty fucking deep. You don't because it was it was you what? Listen it's to this. Stop in Frisk in New yeah, York. That's exactly, what it is. exactly. Now listen to this. So if I'm a cop and I fear for my life and I think this traffic stop for running a stop sign is is that dangerous? I didn't ask you to stop me. You decided to stop me. So you create your own danger because we always say traffic stops are one of the most dangerous things that can happen. And that's true. But you can't create your own danger, articulate your own danger at my behest and kill me and then say, oops, when you stopped me, I didn't stop you. And what you stopped me for was nothing that was that critical that had to be taking place at that time. So with George Floyd, for instance, Let's presuppose it was a counterfeit $20 bill. Local police, state police, they don't investigate. Wait, do, do we really have to do this? Yeah, I don't do. want to relitigate the shit because anybody with a reasonable mind, mm-hmm. I didn't give a fuck if he was resisting. Yeah. Okay. He wasn't resisting at the end, Ralph. Exactly. It period. But I want to I give people a reasonable alternative to what the officers did. Because they always say, well. Call the paddy wagon. No, we can take it a step. Let's, 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 before we. Just even, get to it. Don't give we, me the preamble. Before we get there. We all been living it. I Don't give me the buildup. Okay. What, what will so we, before we get Should there. they have done different? So if I'm the responding officer, I take the fake $20 bill. I put it on evidence. I identify George Floyd. I put his name in the police report. I turn it over to the Secret Service, and if they find the case, they get a, a warrant and go get him. Okay. Yep. Here, see, that's what it was. George Floyd's still alive. And I'm I'm using the shorthand, which is it was bullshit. Why the cop got to do anything? You, you go like this. Get the fuck out. So that was a twenty-eight million dollar traffic stop. Oh no, it, you know. And I'm so not, what could that twenty-eight million dollars have gone for in the community? It wasn't it? Why you say twenty-eight million? That was a settlement. Okay, but for then, the family. But then, mm-hmm. okay, then they're. Is all the outrage afterwards? Yep. There's all the smashing and grabbing. Yeah. It, it was. It so was, 28 is the floor. Oh Jesus. Christ. 28 is the floor. Not to mention he didn't have a life. And the, the the cost of the trial, and again, and then loss of life. We're making this way too complicated, Charlie. I think you made. It. Let me do this, and then we're gonna move on. Okay. Because I could do it all day long. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I encourage other media outlets. I know I pick on you and I make fun of you. <laughs> He's open for business. This is the guy you talk to. This You have him on your, your programs. You, you hear this? It's real simple. Less punitive, stop hunting. And then we'll build it from there. And we go from there. Stop the shakedown. Yeah, stop the shakedown. You know, he was Detroit police chief. That's what they were doing. 
He says it. There's nothing he could do to stop it because you did have quotas. Oh, yeah. Fuck. It's fucking news because we don't have any bread anymore. Right. Well, we were, the cops are always doing Now, we can't legally call them quotas. So well, this you is. can now. I know you can call them quotas. Oh, I can call them quotas. But this is what it is. So if you're Officer A, I'm Officer B. You write 20 tickets, I write zero, then I'm going to get punished for performance because I'm not meeting the standard of other officers. They call them standards. Standards or, you know, or, or pro- productivity. So and the cops don't want to do that either. Most of them. Don't. Now, you have some that have a hard on this. They love writing tickets. But again, they go to court. They I, get I paid. Went, I once went to one of those officer of the year um, yeah. banquets. Uh-huh. Uh, this was for the the chief homicide detective. Okay, yeah, yeah, Carlisle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He solved a lot of homicides. Oh yeah, that's 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 what we want. Uh, oh, exactly. But, that that's the guy you want. Yeah, that's but the you, guy you want you guys want. to prevent a couple. Oh yeah. Homicides. Oh that no. Would be I, nice too. Uh, unequivocally. Okay. Unequivocally. So I remember, like, dude goes up there for his award. He wrote two thousand three hundred twenty-two tickets in a year. In a oh, year. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, look at all the money you brought in. Yeah. Yeah. No, and as Ralph will attest. That guy ain't going to pay the ticket. Yeah. Then he's got a warrant for not paying the ticket. Then he got another ticket. And then you create criminals. Yes. And then you got guys driving around with no license. No license. And I can pull you over. You ain't registered. See? Yeah. Oh, and we got to fix the drunk driving shit. Dr- exactly. So those are all the things that complicate this thing so much. But when you over-enforce and you over-police and you infiltrate communities, you create criminals and that's what we do last one back when you were this you got the chief's job because the police busted in a house looking for two murderers of a teenager of a really bad jerry and blake and jerry and blake shot him in the chest because he laughed at him right an adult man was offended that the kid was laughing that he was on a moped what are you laughing at boom blew the kid away boom so you guys go to get him go to get him a&E's in, in tow. A&E's embedded with homicide. Homicide uses SRT. SWAT. SWAT. Uh, so when they do the raid, they go in the house. They throw uh, a grenade. Throw, they throw a flashbang in first. Why? Uh, to disorient. For TV. For TV. They did it for TV. I mean, now that's my speculation. I, they did it for but, TV. But, I mean, it is what it is. You talk to those guys. You know what it was. Yeah. So now they go in. Um, officers disoriented. He pulls the trigger. Kills a nine-year-old. So I'm assistant chief. I'm at home in bed. I'm in charge at that point because the chief was on vacation, which he's entitled to. That that's not. There's nothing irregular. There was about no that. COVID going. No, on. that's no. That's no. And it's no commentary on the chief. It was just his time to have vacation. I was left in charge while he was gone. Um, get the call about three o'clock in the morning. Uh, chief, are you, you know, are you know, are you up? Uh, you probably need to sit up for this one. So my first thought is the officers killed in the line of duty. Um, I never will forget the sergeant said, hey, uh, we we shot a nine-year-old and it's not looking good on a raid. Make it over to St. John's Hospital and I am there in the uh, emergency room when they pronounce her dead. Um, that was the worst day of my life, literally, um, to watch that child die. Because I have a daughter. I left a daughter at home in bed, um, not much older than her. And the ironic part about that is, is that child's death propelled me into the position that I had prepared for all my life, but I didn't want it that way. Um, Chief. Yeah, chief of police. 
I mean, who, who, you know, when you get to those ranks, who doesn't aspire to, you know, get that fifth star, four star, depending on how they do it. Um, but that was, you know, the thing that Mayor Bing and uh, Saul Green, who was a deputy mayor at the time, Karen Dumas, who was uh, managing communications, um, the mayor was very impressed at how I handled that. And what could have been um, a riotous situation, uh, we brought some humanity to it. Uh, we got through it. Um, but that's one thing. You never get over that. But at that point, Charlie, I knew no, not warrants had to stop. Um, so I ran the police department a bit differently. A lot of cops really didn't think I, I, I was much of a crime fighter and I wasn't, that was not my focus as chief. My focus as, as chief was making sure black and brown people weren't abused by the police. So my, my, the thing that I'm proudest most that most people will never know when I took over the Detroit Police Department, we were seven years into uh, two federal consent judgments, and we had an abysmal record uh, use with, of force. for use of force and for conditions of confinement in the jails. It, our initial assessment with a new monitor was, I think we're at 19, 20 percent compliance with 94 um, percent being the goal to get out to of get it. Out of it. Um, so seven years, that was the best we did, was 19%. Uh, when I walked away from Detroit Police Department, um, we were at 90% when I handed it over to James Craig. Right there, brother. So that was the seal of approval that said we were becoming a constitutionally sound police department. Now, I'll give you this. Crime did go up a little bit under my tenure. However. There's got to be a balance. There's a balance. But the only officer-involved shooting that resulted in a death in my two years was when the 6th Precinct, when the guy came in with the shotgun and started blasting, yeah. mm -hmm. and we returned fire and killed. And that was suicide by yeah, cop. That, that doesn't count. That was suicide by let, cop. Let me ask you something, though, about that. Yeah. That night. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was an accident. I, I'll go yeah, to my yeah. Grave. Of course yeah. it was an accident. Yeah. You I, went in and you were hyped up. Because if you know weekly, um, you know, you take all the BS aside. That kid was devastated when that happened, you know. For me, this is what I saw. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe you can illuminate. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can't. The story kept shifting amongst the blue. What happened? Grandma grabbed the gun. Mm -hmm. Well, grandma moved. And that's where I have the problem with it. I think that's yeah. why they were put on trial. That I think that was a part of it because one thing I was very, and, you know, Karen can attest this, when we were pre uh, preparing for the press conference that morning, uh, I was getting a couple of different stories and I wasn't going to go, I wasn't going to say anything that I could not validate. So for me, my, my task that day was to let the city know that we gave a damn, you know, that, that we killed a kid and to express sorrow, express empathy, express sympathy. And basically we effed up. Because I think where police departments lose credibility and chiefs lose credibility is is when you mess up. Most people can understand when you say, damn, I messed up. And this is what I'm going to try and do, make sure that doesn't happen again. Because we're human. People make mistakes. Where people lose all faith in police departments is the lie. It's the cover-up. That's, that's the same with fucking politics. It's, it's the cover-up. It's never the crime. It's, it's always the cover-up. It's the same the with, your it, with your partner. It's the same with your kid. It's the cover-up. You know, it's just a lie. Which brings us full circle to why I have an appreciation for you. It was never a cover up. You know, I did what I did. I'm not proud of it um, or anything. 
but it was a catalyst in my life to really look at things differently. So that's why now I'm an advocate, you know, for the, 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 the kid on Mac and Bewick, Linwood in Philadelphia, you know, um, uh, uh, Toledo in Chicago. When he did what the officer said, the officer said, stop, show me your hands. And when he stopped showing him his hands, he still got shot in the chest. Now, I don't fault that officer. That's Chicago. You know, that was, you know, it was a tough decision to have to make, you know, in a, in a split second. He was frightened. He was frightened. But by the same token. What we, are you doing? We can find a way to bring Dylan Roofy in after he killed nine people. We get Maybe him. we got lucky with that. We get him. Well. Yeah, what, we also brought that dude what in. What about from, Kyle Rittenhouse walking down the street what, with an AR-15? There's so many of them. What about uh, the dude was in Washington? I can't. I can't. Yeah. You know, so. The so dude in his underpants. But, but Charlie, that's why I try not to take it down to the level of judging the officer and looking at the results of what criminal justice is giving black people. And the results that we keep getting is dead black people that are not armed. So you got to look at that and wonder what are we doing wrong. Ralph, to that point, um, what effect, if any, do these armchair experts on social media that see every single video, what effect do they have on officers that are on the beat? It's horrible. And the reason why it's horrible is because you don't have freeze frame in real time. You know, I, I can stop the frame with the kids' hands up. So that's why I don't want to make it about the officer because, uh, you know, I've been on national news a lot lately, um, MSNBC, talking about these issues. Eh. And I keep telling them, Charlie, I don't want to talk about one-offs because- They do. That's why that, I went, eh. Yeah. Let's get clicks, man. I want to, I'm sorry, I'm just free. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to know, because social media is also driven by what media is doing. Yeah, it is. And it's, everybody just, you've never been in this. But everybody's car. an expert now. Well, then get, at minimum, get your ass in the squad car if you are to and see And see it from both sides. And do it for more than a night. Exactly. Do it for two months. Right. So that's why I, I, I talk about the, what the officer sees. Then I talk about what I see as a black man. Because you got to marry those narratives. Because if you don't marry those narratives, we'll never get to an answer. And quite frankly, I, I'm not the conspiracy theorist per se. However, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't get clickbait for coming up with solutions. Oh. You, you don't get clickbait for you know black and white people getting along. You don't get clickbait for officers that, you know, stand up and say, yeah, this is not what I represent in law enforcement. They, you know, so we got to understand as, as, as much as people loathe number 45, the ratings were amazing. I mean, Joe Biden is boring as hell. I like boring now. I, I, I thank God to wake up every day and not have to look at Twitter to find out if World War III started. I'm glad. But the reality is Trump sold TV. And he knew it. That's the name of my book. The country's collapsing and the ratings are great. And the ratings are great. So All available on Amazon. Yes, sir. You can always get that. Um, so I tend to over-explain to give Obama-like answers, but I appreciate this opportunity, Charlie. Well, stay here. We're not done. Hold on. Okay, okay. Hey, read, read this. Here's oh, here I go. I'm back. I'm, Here's the segue. Read that. Karen, I'm back. How do you, in, how do you go to- I'm, like, I'm back in the saddle. How do you go to I the see. segue after this? <laughs> Hall Financial, if you feel good about your interest rate because it's in the threes, get over it and call Hall Financial because rates are now in the twos. Be smart and make the call because you could be saving money. Hall Financial is fast and they do all the heavy lifting for you. So go to, to David, David Hall. Mortgage.com. David Hall Mortgage.com or call 248 248- 
2485,000. That's 248-3085,000. NMLS number 146435. Do you know they're an equal housing lender? They are equal housing lender. There Guess is. what we do? Now we've got Ralph recorded. We just played. <laughs> <laughs> hey, R- Ralph said Ralph says he wants uh, you Residuals. know, his, his voiceover fee for that. <laughs> We'll we, we get him a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> All right, look, this week, uh, comedian Detroit Red visits East Point Mayor Monique Owens, who says the Democrats, and she's a Democrat, mm-hmm. are ignoring her city's COVID needs because they're got a lot of, <clears throat> dare we say? <laughs> well, it's not money. Well, let's just play it. <laughs> You've been asking mm-hmm. for vaccinations mm-hmm. from the state as mm-hmm. well as the county. Mm-hmm. You guys haven't been able to get what you need. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the reason behind that, especially considering you're a Democratic, mm-hmm. female, mm-hmm. you broke barriers in two different areas in here, so people mm-hmm. in the state know you. Mm-hmm. What do you think is contributing to this delay or problem with you getting the vaccinations that you need? right now for the city well lack of communication was one thing um again when east point was found the number one hot spot last year during COVID, when vaccinations came i thought they would be running to east point and they wasn't and that became a problem for me because east point i feel the data and uh seeing that um the demographics we have more african-americans here than any other city in macomb county and so i felt like since uh the data also shows that african-americans have tend to get COVID more and, you know, uh, more likely than any other race and it's killing our uh, race more than any other. It should have been placed here more, you know, not just for African-Americans, but everybody, but you always go to where, you know, uh, it starts. The so source. it doesn't, the source, so it doesn't spread. And that didn't happen. And so, you know, trying to work with the legislators and, you know, politicians, it was kind of hard for me and challenging for me to, again, see things that I saw, and I don't know if that's because I'm African-American or that was the least uh, of their, um, you know, importance. I don't know. But what I do know is it was hard for me to, and challenging for me to get certain things done um, during that time. And so I ended up reaching out to the governor's office and, you know, they came out and did, you know, uh, a couple things. They they started last week, actually Saturday, and they got a (laughs) vaccination spot. It just so happened to be in the wrong location outside of East Point. Okay. But that was just, again, miscommunication. And so now. Get it right, Redmore. <laughs> so, again, um, they're working right now to get us two locations right here in East Point. Okay. They now, still do don't you got think one. Macomb County itself, because that's who would be next in line for you. Right. right. As you through the chain. Do you think they were as supportive, supportive as they could have been? throughout your pursuing of getting enough vaccinations for East Point, and they had the same data that, of course, you provided to the state. Right. I think uh, with the county, again, I don't know, well, lack of communication, but I had talks with uh, Executive Mark Hackle several times, and he did work to put, you know, vaccinations that was in the neighboring communities. But my my job is to worry about what's in my city. Right. You know, that's my job. People didn't elect me for to do everything in other communities, you know, and that's fine. But at the same time, you know, when I'm working um, closely with people, I have to, those people depend on me to, you know, work in their city. And so it was hard for me to, you know, do those things that I wanted to do at East Point because everybody was worrying about every other city that 
surrounded East Point and not East Point. Okay. So guess what? We're calling that what's your beef, Karen. You know what the beef is? The mayor feels like you're not listening. We're the hot spot. Right. We're left behind. We're constituents. We're citizens. We're your brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. By the way, East Point is majority white. That's that's always been my experience. This it's it's a, but it's like about forty percent. Really? Yeah, I didn't think so. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like Oak Park. Like, yeah. look, this is the, what what America's like. Right. And it's again, it's poor people. Well, yeah. I don't mean to call you poor. You understand? You're working people. It's work. I mean, but because remember they changed their name because they didn't want to be Detroit. associated with Detroit. Yeah, it, it used, used to be, be East Detroit. Detroit, and then they changed to East Point because that put them more aligned with the points than Detroit. Well, they're not now, Karen. So thanks for that. What do we do to help <laughs> our brothers and sisters in East Point? You know, I I just say this. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, I know Mark Hackle. Um, I. The Mark Hackle, I know this ain't race driven. Um, no, I, no, you know, it's I, like, hey, dude, just get it done, just get it done, you know. So, I, I I'm gonna text Mark and see what he says because I get that done because yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't um, think Wimmer's a racist, no, but the mayor's feeling like, yeah, look, maybe it's, it's gotta be that. See, you're saying, well, see, this is maybe this, we're too sensitive about race. Well, this is my, my, my concern when the fallback for everything is race, then the major issues that really are race. People are just so. Finish the thought. They're they're numb to it. They don't take it seriously anymore. So if you're using race all the time, all the time, people it, stop listening. They stop listening to your legitimate complaint yeah. when they see it. And that's why I say my energy for um, people show. dying by police. You know, people that can't eat, um, people that can't get housing. You know, I, I try and save my energy from a race standpoint for those issues that affect life. Um, um, let, let, let me yeah. weigh in for two mm -hmm. seconds here. Uh, you know, Kelly Garrett, who is the uh, mayor of no, not not no, my, my, not Southfield, What's, Lather you Village, Lather Village, Lather Village, yeah. right? And she said that that the governor's office sent something to every mayor and asked him to fill out uh, a request to have vaccination sites. Okay. So possibly that didn't get through to East Point's office or it was Well, you know what they should do? She out, should hold out. a press conference and blame Trump for not sending any masks. <laughs> we should hold a press conference and blame Biden for not sending enough vaccinations. Oh, come on. Just get the woman some vaccines. You know, and so I, that the people feel like there's something. We got plenty. Oh, yeah, we got. How is it? But I, I don't know. Wait, well, how is uh -huh. it that two weeks ago, Whitmer's up on the day is making a clown of herself yelling at at the president we don't got enough vaccines and now we got too many vaccines yeah, too many it's too i mean it's so that that that's what we got to get out is just everything is an alarmist you know yes yes a, 10 alarm fire it's not nah. you know some things are you know a lack of failure to plan on your part does not necessitate an emergency on my part you know what Ralph, you know, what's driving things, that is it, economic anxiety yes it is that's exactly what the driver is. You know, and we should all be so calm, Ralph. You're always so even keeled, <laughs> so calm. Just, well, you know, we're gonna go and take care of this. And, well, and that's would, a good thing. That's a good way to be. But that's being a cop though. So I I you know, I mean you can't be an alarmist and be a cop, you know, for as long as I did, and to be chief of police. You mean because the stuff that you encounter, if you, you know, just went, you know, ballistic every time you got a, a report. You know, you have to portray a certain leadership to your troops. So you can't look like, you know, I mean, now on the inside, it's stuff that, you know, I would hear and get news of or the mayor would, you know, send over or Karen say, hey, are you aware of this? I'd be livid, you know. But, 
you know, I, I think at some what, point, what's it sound like inside? Ah, it's it's. Let, uh, let us hear the inside. <laughs> you want you want to you know what it sounds like? It sounds like Jack Daniels when you get off. It let, sounds let me hear, like let me you know hear. because but again, that's why cops. I'm like motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, probably that too. But you know. You know, I met Jesus along the way and got my life together. So, hey, next time, so you my see, language has gotten better. Next time you see Jesus, yes. tell him what, what's up. He owe me money. He never comes I'm around I'm anymore. Him. I'm gonna tell. I him. leave messages. How are you know. calling him, Charlie? Every no. five minutes. Oh, I know he's Jesus. there. I know he's there. But <laughs> like, the hey, silent treatment. Hey, <laughs> JC, I you mean, handle on. this on your own, Charlie. I have <laughs> equipped you with all that you need. Stop calling me. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me roll over here. Like that's okay. That's the word from the Democrat. That's your beep. Finally. From the Republicans, this is exclusive. Go ahead. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. Exclusive. There's a cultural shift in politics, and it's happening right here in Michigan. The political cycle is now 24, 7, 365, never to end. Normally, campaign commercials start a year from now. Mm -hmm. About a year from now when running for governor and attorney general and stuff. The Republicans are getting sassy and they figured out you never let a good opportunity go to waste. So they're, I got this. I don't know how I got it, but I got it. Got it. They're going to start flooding Lansing's airwaves next week with this. They're going to buy a little time here in uh, Southeastern Michigan. And it's, it's pretty funny. So why don't we just roll? So that's what's happening. Politics are a sport every day of the week now. And you heard it here first on the No Bullshit News Hour. Let's, let's play this. Here in Michigan, we sacrifice and do the right thing for our fellow Michiganders. When Governor Whitmer mandated we cancel vacations and weddings to help stop COVID-19, we did it. When forced to visit our loved ones through glass windows, as hard as it was, we listened. If, however, you are the governor and you really want to see your family in Florida, because we all miss our families, then go ahead. And if you get caught, just lie. If the governor says no spring break this year, then that goes for all of us. Except, of course, if you are the person in the governor's office who is in charge of vaccine distribution and needing a girl's trip to Florida, then have a good time. Don't worry about failing to fill out the state's vaccine order, missing the deadline to get an additional 360,000 doses during a massive COVID surge. Your tan will be on point this summer. And as much as we all want to get a condo in sunny Gulf Shores, Alabama, we should heed Whitmer's advice. Unless you're her public health director, then bon voyage. <laughs> Remember, Michigan, we are all in this together. We play by the rules. Unless you're Governor Whitmer or work for Whitmer. And in that case, play by your own rules. Pure hypocrisy. Pure Whitmer. That's wow. Really Whoa, powerful. Oh my goodness. That's, that's a that's a that's a hard hitting spot. Yep. That that is a hard hitting spot. And, and it's gonna tell you about what's that's, about ready to roll down hill is going to get. If that's the start, how the hell are they go in? My goodness. That means uh the wow. Republicans smelling this this seat for play here. Yeah, that's uh that's that that's a that's a just putting on my political hat, I mean, that's pure genius. It really you know, is. You, come on, you got to say it. Like, you might hate it. It's pure Whitmer. It's pure Whitmer, yeah. It's a great ad. It is. It's well done. Well written. I wonder who's the creative behind that. 
We'll that's, find that's out. a good piece. They got a future. <laughs> they might. Oh God. That's, that's, yeah. that's, oh, that's hitting hard. That's hitting hard. All right. Well, listen, let's, uh, that, that's, that's something. That was a, that's a terrific, uh, broadcast there. I, I really appreciate you, man. Your honesty. And I, I think you made it clear. Yeah. And I appreciate the opportunity, Charlie. Stop um, hunting. Yeah. Lay stop off. hunting. Let, you know, lay off. And Serious that, stuff. You know, we can do all the academic stuff behind the scenes, but that's the bottom line. Man, you know, I appreciate you, though, man. I really do. Equally. I love you, Karen. Love you guys, too. Thank you. Love you, Karen. Bye, Ralph. Text kid back. Tell him I said hello. I will. (laughs) This land is your land. This land is my land. Your land.